The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And welcome to the Law of Attraction Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Keith. And today I have guest Amanda June, who is the founder and CEO of a marketing agency called Smokefire Media and tech platform Native Plus Marketplace. She turned into a mentor to other business owners and a wealth embodiment coach. She helps leaders scale wealth and impact without hustle, overwhelm, and burnout. Let's go ahead and welcome Amanda June to the podcast. All right, Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me, Stephanie. All right. I would love to hear a little bit about your background. I know that you're um, the founder and CEO of a marketing company and a tech platform, and now you're doing um, more like mentorship around wealth embodiment. So how, how did that come about from where you started with marketing and tech? Yeah, so the story, as I as I tell it now, because it's been such a journey, um, eight years in business, creating the marketing agency and anything else, other brands underneath that company. But um, story goes that I started the company with a $4,000 tax return. I really had no idea what I was doing, getting into a marketing agency, starting that from the ground up, what that would entail. And um I really was just following a vision that I had that I saw working in the community. I came from a nonprofit background and I kept seeing this this overarching need of communities being able to tell their story from their cultural perspective. So I'm Native American and Latina backgrounds. And so growing up with those different perspectives uh, created different worldviews for me, not only as I was growing up, but then as I entered business, I kept seeing these same themes come across of telling our story, owning the story, and seeing how that played out in the business world. And so flash forward to those uh, through those five years or so, the startup pains. I had two kids in the course of starting up the business. They're both under the age of five. Um, and I also had um, been really just like I said, hustling, grinding. I was I was a full proponent into that into that lifestyle and that mindset of just you have to work really hard, you have to put yourself out there, and just all pedal to the metal, do what you need to do to get yourself out there. And I did, I did that. It worked, of course. There are so many ways to start a business, and I believe that's typical. That's a typical path for many startup business owners: just get out there, do the work, and and make it happen. And what ended up happening for me, though, from that standpoint, from that point of view, was I really neglected all of my my own internal health and well-being. I would go 12 or 14-hour days um, and sometimes 16 with the kids and no sleep 
uh, often neglected things like my diet, workout schedules, anything like that. It was just keep going. Um, and so that's when things all started to fall apart. <laughs> um, you can only run with all cylinders burning for so long and not expect to have some kind of some kind of ramifications, right? What goes up must come down. And for me, that point uh, hit breaking when uh, my relationship of almost 10 years fell apart and our entire basically family structure had to be restructured. And I was not prepared for that, not mentally, emotionally, and then having all of the other business components relying on me. And so I had to really then pick that fork in the road and say, do I keep going forward the way I am, which is completely exhausting me, it's draining me, or do I get out of this? Do I choose something else? And so the next three years were spent on that path where I felt very called by different mentors. I found people that really supported and guided me in learning a new path of business and understanding that your spirituality can be completely enmeshed within your business. They don't have to be separate. You can grow with them together and they actually really do support one another um, from a holistic standpoint. And it, that's really the key, I believe to connecting to that um, abundance and understanding that your business doesn't have to only be run one way. So that's really what brought me down the wealth embodiment path and connection to abundance. Wow. Well, it is a big pivot, but I think that's really cool that you even asked yourself that question. Cause I think so often we get stuck in this like routine that things have to be hard and we just keep pushing through and pushing through and and never really stop to think like can I do something else you know can I completely shift careers or start from scratch with a new business so I think hearing how you were able to do that and find something that is more fulfilling is really inspiring and just gives other people that permission that if if you're not happy, if you're on the verge of burnout, something's not working and you have the ability to change it. Now, I could totally relate to the, having kids while running a business. Um, I have a two and three-year-old and then a 13-year-old. And so especially with the younger ones, it's like they're totally dependent on me for everything. And so I just find like it is really hard Um I guess finding that balance when I feel like I'm constantly being pulled both ways. Uh, do you have any tips on that? Like, how did you how did you navigate that part of it? Yeah, for sure. And and I do want to be clear too is that I did not want to um, when I when I decided that path forward into the wealth embodiment. It felt like choosing between parts of myself because I really did love. The marketing pieces and so I chose to keep them with me but they had to change right they had to be I had to transform the model the way that I went about doing things and so now they're still there they're still present um, but I go about them in a much more mindful way and I've structured been able to um, structure my my life in such a way where we're not feeding the burnout anymore um, is how that changed but uh, motherhood Oh man, that is a whole fun other world, right? Because we essentially have almost three full-time jobs. Right. <laughs> if you're a spouse <laughs> to someone, there's that job. You have the motherhood, and you have the business, and the business is almost like another child. So, um, yeah, where do they? Where do they 
they collide? How do they combine? And my my philosophy has been on it um, because I tried to fight it in the beginning. I used to try and separate, right? Compartmentalize. This is mom times, business times, is that all those things, and um, it just didn't work. They never, the lines never stayed straight. It always was blurry, and so I really, I think I reconciled with the fact that they don't need to stay separate, just like the business and separate uh, spirituality pieces didn't need to be separate, neither did my motherhood and business life. And I think uh, that came into full realization as well during the pandemic. Um, because of that, <laughs> there's all no separation anymore. Uh, so I, I felt actually that that was a really nice shift that came, if anything, from that entire experience was that people began to see how much more we need to really think about and be mindful about how we combine our worlds. And so um, as far as my kids go, they're they're just a part of, of my world and they understand my business life. I make my, I make the effort to explain to them uh, that this is what mom does. These are things I need to do. You guys are all um, getting bigger and you have your parts and they understand when they're, when they're able to come and play and be a part of this world. And then they're, they understand when there's times when nope, mom's going to be in work mode, so we can't bother her. Um, but I take them along for the journey. That's what I try and do every day in different ways. I think that's so cool. It's like, you know, you're showing them another path too, because a lot of I don't know. A lot of kids don't really get to see that side of things like running a business and and the behind the scenes. And um, that's really cool that they're getting that opportunity to be around that. And I know my kids are around a lot, too. And I, I really struggled with that in the beginning because coming from the corporate world, it was like if one of the kids were to be in the background on a Zoom call in the corporate world, I would have been worried I'd be fired, you know, and so starting this business, it was like very uncomfortable at first, but then really quickly, like I noticed people really seemed to enjoy that to, it's like, oh, okay. Like this is really cool that you could be a mom and a business owner that you don't have to be stressed out that someone might hear your kid in the other room that they can actually, you know, pop in once in a while. So I started to become more and more comfortable with that. And now I feel like, um, well, everyone in, in my inner tribe probably knows my kids pretty well now because they pop in and out a lot. But um, I, I like that aspect of it. And I think that's one of the cool parts about, you know, doing what we do is we get to kind of craft the life that we want. And it doesn't have to follow the same rules that the rest of the world follows or that we grew up with. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that's really cool to see like other moms out there doing the same thing. And it is challenging, but it's totally possible. Oh yeah, 100%. Um, I tell them they're my partners. I tell them, you know, you guys are here in this with me and you can, you know, do your thing in the background. And sometimes they get curious. Like you said, they want to come and see, what are you, who are you talking to over there? Like, so they would do the pop-in thing and I would tell them, Hey, that's cool. That's fine. If you're going to come in, but then you need to introduce yourself. Mm -hmm. I I use it as an opportunity to teach them some like business etiquette, you know, basic, you're going to come in, you better introduce yourself, come and dress the room. This is how you do it. And so now they're much more, 
now they're much more wary about like, do I really want to go and talk to these people or do I not? So <laughs> right, <laughs> so yeah, kind choose. of put them on the spot. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes they will. Sometimes they're totally fine with that. They want to, they're curious and they want to come say hi. Um, but yeah, now they they understand like, oh, there's people that I have to talk to and I have to be present. But I have to, you know, announce that I'm here. That's that's different, you know. Right, right. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think, it, again, it's like just a new way of doing things. And by doing that, like you show, you know, your clients what's possible as well. And I don't know, like, I just, I think that's really cool. Um, and I want to know, so it sounds like things got really rocky and especially going through um, a divorce and that kind of thing, or like changing up your um, family structure that can come with like so many stress factors and usually money is one of them. So like, how did you get through that? And you said you really shifted from this mentality of like, the harder I work, you know, the more success I'm going to have. And then you kind of shifted into more of an abundance mindset. So can you kind of like walk us through that a little bit? <laughs> yeah, that was, that's, like I said, where the journey began. It really did uh, spiritual journey and understanding what that meant in my life going forward. Um, because, you know, truthfully, honestly, I didn't have a choice. I didn't have a choice on, you know, the, the, the burnout, the anxiety and all the stress levels that would ensue from that. Um, yeah, it just took my body down to a place where you have no control. You know, there's just no getting up in the morning. There's um, severe depression, sudden things like that. And yeah, I had to give up a lot of things from my business. Um, the team I had, they left my company. Um, and so I was essentially starting from ground zero because I just couldn't be present. I couldn't be there to do the work and to keep things flowing. Um, so it's really, it really was a point of hitting like that rock bottom and saying, and that's when that question came in saying, do I keep doing this or not? Because it did not feel in that period of time, like I could even physically show up to do the work, to be uh, present and to, uh, to make the effort. And so when I was going through that phase, uh, like I said, it was, it was honestly a point of surrender. And I believe uh, nowadays, like I said, if you're a spiritual person at all, if you're a religious person at all, they talk a lot about surrender and the beauty and grace that comes through being in that state. And so in that state of complete surrender, I believe is when you're not only your mind, but your heart and your soul are the quietest because you're just completely void anymore of the noise and the frenzy is just completely gone. Um, so it's, it's really a very beautiful place to be in and surrender because that's when you're the most open and you're the most available to whatever answers might be trying to reach you that couldn't reach you before. Um, and that's where it began was just listening and waiting, not not even having a clue of where to begin. And the answers were just given to me one by one, step by step. Um, like I said, the mentors showed up that I would have never found otherwise. The um, friends and the business partners or the new partners that would um, come into my life wouldn't have come into my life had I not been looking for a new way to begin. So how how did you get into that 
state of surrender, was there any like practice or anything you did to kind of help you shift from being like so stuck in your head to just turning it over to the universe or God? Because I, I feel like sometimes that could be a hard place for people to shift into, but does it just happen naturally or what were there like specific things that helped you along the way? Oh yeah, for sure. I would say, and, and just so, um, to give some background as well, I was raised in a, in a more traditional sense of Native American, um, ceremonial practices and things like that. So I was familiar with spirituality from a very young age. And that was something that was never, um, question in my mind. It wasn't like a, a weird woo woo thing. It was just like, oh yeah, no, I, I know that. But, but having grown away from my community in that way and not being able to participate in a lot of our, our traditions, uh, yeah, it pulls you away from that, from that sense of spirituality. And so for me, it was a, it was a feeling, it was a knowing in my heart. It was, it was, I want to say it was specifically through the heart space where I could feel like that longing, the longing to be close to something and just to know that everything was going to be okay. That was really what I was feeling in my heart, which is, I just want to know that everything's going to be okay because everything else around was in complete chaos. Right. Um, and nothing was, was the norm. So it was that longing that made me feel like I, what makes me feel grounded and asking myself, what, where do I find that? Oh, it's usually been when I feel close to God, creator, source, whatever you like to call it. Um, when I feel that things feel okay. And so I would say if someone's not used to going there, not used to feeling that, it would be, it would be akin to a searching. It would be, uh, it would feel intuitively. And I, I get as well that a lot of people are not even um, very well in tune with their own feelings or these, this emotions of, of what's going through their body. A lot of times they, they go straight to the head uh, for, to get the answers that they're looking for. And so even though you might not be used to intuitively understanding what it is you need, you will still have these feelings in your body that are longing, they're seeking for something, and they just don't know what it is. And so when I feel that way, I would say it's always a matter of reconnecting to source, whatever that means for you, whether it's going back into nature, um, whether it's just going outside, the park. Uh, some people have very specific places they want to go. Um, I love that you said that you say that though, because it really can be that simple as stepping outside. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I noticed that especially during um, like 2020 when we were kind of stuck at home and like there was all this anxiety and stuff. Um, that's when I really made that connection that even if I'm literally just stepping outside of my back door and like feeling the sunshine, it was almost like this instant connection and calm that would come over me. And I do think like we can make things a little more complicated than they need to be, but it really can be um, that simple. And that's, I talk all the time about intuition because I think it's such a vital part of our life, but we're just really not taught that like in, you know, the mm -hmm 
schooling and everything that we go through, um, or sometimes our parents didn't know how, how to teach us that. So I think a lot of people can just not really understand what those feelings are, but it's like, again, mm -hmm. just surrendering to it, just tuning in can be so powerful. And the more you do that, the, I feel like the more you start to learn how your intuition speaks to you. Do you find that? Like it's, mm -hmm. it might be a little bit different for everyone, but it's really just tuning more inward. Um, I would say, yeah, the, especially throughout the years and the people that I, uh, my clients that I work with now, it can be on a spectrum of, of how, how closed off or not they are to those, to those intuitive feelings. And it all just really comes down to, as you mentioned, um, not only are we not taught how to tune into them a lot of times, we're, we're really actually taught the opposite, um, how to ignore those things, how to simply go to a book or a source and say, oh no, it has to be proven. And so what we're literally telling our bodies then is to not trust ourselves. That's what we've been programmed for the majority of our lives is to don't trust what's happening in your body or what you feel is there. Somebody else or some other source knows better, go to that instead. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's really what it is. It's a matter of self-trust. Oh, I love that. I love it. So um, I, I've got to know a little bit more about the wealth embodiment that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, what, what does that even mean, first of all? And um, I don't know, just walk us through like what your, um, if there's like a practice behind it or how someone um, goes about that. Because you hear that and I feel like everyone wants to, you know, embody wealth and mm -hmm. there is abundance all around us, but um, maybe you can give a little more context around it. Yes. So I'll give you the woo version and I'll give you the practice version as well. <laughs> because, um, and the reason, you know, I refer to things as the woo-woo because there, there really are, like I said, there's just a, an array of where people are at in discovering some of these different concepts. So um, the woo-woo version is that I'm, I'm actually an empath. If you aren't familiar with what that means as a term, there's an, a, as an actual phrase of what people used to describe themselves. It just simply means someone who's very in tune with not only their feelings, but can sense other people's feelings, vibrations, energies outside of them in a very tangible way. They almost feel it as their own energy and as their own emotions um, kind of absorb things from other people. And so um, it took me a long time to get to that understanding, but I'm an empath and I was actually as I was going on this journey of healing, of self-discovery, right, re rebuilding my life, um, as in, I was called back to the spiritual practices of just going to source, just going to, to be out in nature. Um, I had very deep visual experiences of being in touch with um, what I call the just elemental forces or elemental beings. Um, I'm now an attuned Reiki healer, but I had no idea what any of that meant uh, at the time being. Like, I thought that kind of stuff was very out there, too. I was like, that doesn't exist. That's, you know, how how weird is that? Um, but the experiences that I've had, I'll just say, throughout the last three years would be mind-blowing to anyone <laughs> if, they, if they went through them just by allowing myself to to fully be in that owning 
empathy, owning of my intuition and going to source. So I actually had these experiences, like I said, out in nature where I believed that an elemental mountain being was speaking to me and giving me answers to the, the questions that I was having about my life. And I was gifted the message that in order to go forward and accomplish all the things that I wanted to in this life, I needed to learn how to become unshakable, um, unshakable like a mountain. And that the teachings of the mountain were going to be what would help me accomplish that. And so from that point on, I was left to kind of figure out Number one, what the heck does that mean? Um, how do I even know where to begin with that? And did that really happen? <laughs> so once I stopped questioning and actually accepted uh, what was going through me at that time, then the lessons really started to come full force. That's when I met my found my Reiki training and became attuned to that, stepped into that. Um, so it began with those messages and then it developed into an actual process into real tangible processes that and practices that I began putting in my life on a daily basis. So things like the meditation, um, daily trips out to actual mountains and being in them, taking time for breath work that I had never done before, but I was given patterns and sequences uh, from these experiences and they changed my entire life. So that's really where it began. Oh, I love this. I love all the connections with nature. And I, I went on your Instagram and it's breathtaking. Where where do you live, by the way? Arizona. Okay. Yeah. It, just beautiful. And I mean, right away, I was very drawn into your videos because it wasn't just like showing a mountain. You're like, you know, look at the joy in this, look at the abundance in this. And it just, I felt like I was connecting through this video to the nature that you were in. So it was really cool. Um, and gosh, I, I should put my, my mom in contact with you. Cause she's, she's very open, um, as well. And she's kind of on this journey with, uh, Reiki, which I don't, um, know a lot about. And I'm, I'm very curious though. It's, um, I think there's a lot there. I just have never had um, any like teachings on it, but now my mom's going through it. So I was like, oh, wow, well, there we go. Maybe she can be my, my guide through the Reiki, but. Um, Definitely. So yeah, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. So I don't know if you've ever been here at all or yeah. been through. Yeah. The there Sedona. But Yes. So we we I have the luxury of having mountains all different places all around me. Um, I've always grown up near mountains. So I feel like that that was a, a strong connection for me from day one. But yeah, that's really how the embodiment practices began. So what we talk about or what I talk about when I start explaining wealth embodiment, what does that actually mean to people? Um, it's a simple the simple practice of beginning to relearn and say it's just really relearning the way that you begin to look at wealth in your life. So the way that I define wealth um, is actually really based on very simple and very ancient uh, wisdom teachings that many of us are very familiar with, but maybe we forgot, maybe we haven't paid attention to in a long time, or just really haven't had the time to sit down and dive into and actually listen to because we're so up and going fast pace all the time. And um, so that stems with number one, 
reconnecting with source, reconnecting with true source, the true source of abundance, which is that uh, number one, being out in nature, like I said, understanding that we're really just creatures of the planet, right? We all, no matter where we, what country we say we're from, what economic status is that, we're just humans. We're, we're all people. We're all of the one same race, human race on the earth, like any other animal. And understanding that we didn't come with all of these, um, these structures in place, we created them. And so things that we understand as wealth today were not the same things of wealth for our ancestors. And that what they truly considered wealth was just being able to put food on the table, being able to keep their family safe and alive for another day, right? To have a have a, a home or a place that they could grow a family and be able to just uh, live out a simple and uh, fruitful life. And those were the true aspects of abundance. And then after that, we started creating the structures that we have today, like the money and the economic systems and all of that, but that's not really the source of true wealth. And so when I begin to help people reframe that from that lens, that's when we can really go then and start to begin to, to do the deep work of what does that mean then in my body? How, how programmed am I and attuned am I to encompassing my own money wounds and this is really where it gets deep for a lot of people because they have never ever been talked to or taught to understand that the thoughts that they they believe and this goes for money and everything else it gets filtered through your body everything that comes to you through the media or these sources of information they get filtered through your body whether you realize it or not it's absorbing um the energy and you're processing those thoughts into emotions in your body and so well, some of us need to have some of that released we need to have things relearned reprogrammed and that's really the work that um that we get to do with wealth embodiment is relearning how we want to define wealth in our lives oh yeah so much there and you know it's so true what you say about wealth and abundance. And it really is, I believe, our natural state of being. I kind of think like we're taught differently and, and it does change over time. And I know like with myself in particular, for a really long time, I did look at like money or dollars or like material things. And I feel like the more I step into like that kind of wealth, the less I really care about that. And it's more just, again, like the family, like being home with my kids, enjoying every single day, like being outside, like things like that, that are really underneath all those layers of what I really wanted. But it took some time to figure that out mm. because there were all these more material things that, you know, I, I thought would give me what I really wanted. So I think there is a little bit of a process there working through all the stuff, all the stuff that's that's mm -hmm. like thrown on our shoulders over the years. Yes. Um, so I have to ask before we go, since you do have this, you know, marketing background, um, I feel like so many people and companies that I've come across um, in marketing don't really have more of that spiritual 
background and it can be very like masculine and very, you know, structured. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering if you have any insight or tips more on like tapping into your intuition, growing your business with ease instead of more of this rigid structure that we tend to see in marketing companies. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, as I mentioned, like I said, as I was going forward, I didn't want to completely get rid of or let go of all of that background that I had um, in the new work that I'm doing. And so what I've been able to do is really restructure using this new perspective, right, of wealth embodiment and of being mindful. And so what I restructured one of my uh, signature programs into is called the Mindful Marketing Method where we actually get to look into um, structuring your message and doing your branding, your marketing from a much more aware and conscious place of like, what are, what are you really trying to put out into the world? Does it take a hard sell and all these, you know, ads and calls to action, or does it really just take you getting into a very heart centered place with your message and connecting to people in a very real way? Um, so that is definitely at the heart of and the core of a lot of my programs. But I would say if you're really trying to create more space and more ease and flow in your life and in your business, that marketing is probably the easiest and the funnest way to begin doing that because it combines the technical piece of running the business, you're getting sales, right? Which you need to, to grow the business. That's lifeblood. You have to bring in the money, but it also allows you to play with that, getting curious and expanding on your story. And depending on how you do it, like I said, if you want to go the more masculine route, there's so many tools to, to go and, and, and get into that. But if you wanted to explore the mindful way of of communicating, it's really just reframing the language. It's beginning to understand how you're you're coming across to the audience that you want to attract because it's all a game of attraction when you come down to marketing. It's really what kind of energy are you putting out there is what you're going to receive. And so we're taking it that approach rather than the the hardcore marketing, the numbers, I want this many ads and the ROI and all of that, you begin to actually become very conscious on what are you putting out there into the world. Oh, I love that. That feels that feels so good. You know, it feels like <laughs> less stressful to me than um, you know, some of the other things that are great tools, but it's just refreshing to get kind of that other perspective on it. Yeah. So last question, what are you currently uh, working on manifesting in your life or business? Yeah, currently manifesting. Oh, there's always so many things going on, but the very, um, the very forefront of what I would love to help people step into this year is becoming conscious catalysts. And the new program that I'm putting out there actually this coming month, February 2023, is called the Conscious Catalyst Accelerator. And this is my first iteration of now combining that mindful marketing with the wealth embodiment practices. So uh, we're really reframing the way that you begin to do business if you're in the startup phase or to expand and scale your business. It's really helping to take out the hustle and the burnout, the overwhelm from the entire calculation of running your business. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Um, so where can everyone find that and, and find you and connect with you some more? Of course, the best way is Facebook, Instagram. You can look up 
Uh, we have the Mountain Wealth Embodiment, where you can find me. A June Phoenix is my Instagram. And just simply click on the link in my bio. It has all the info and links in there for you to set up a discovery call. Awesome. Well, I will put the link in the show notes as well. And thank you so much for coming on. This was such a great conversation. And um, I can't wait to connect some more. It was. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Stephanie. And thank you for having me. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. If you got something out of this podcast, then pay it forward by sharing it with a friend. This is the best way that you can support the podcast and spread good vibes. And if you're left thinking that you want more, you want to keep listening, then download the Manifest It Now app and subscribe so you can become a member of the Inner Tribe where we meet on Zoom twice a week and you have live workshops every other week by guest experts and you get to meet with a high vibe community and keep the conversation going. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you back here next time.